0: Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow,
1: you know, Monday. (laughs) You know, a lot of times on Monday, uh, we're just getting over the weekend. We had a great time in most cases, I believe, and um, we're just getting started. Uh, on, on how are we going to uh tailor the show today, you know so uh that's what we're talking about right now
2: exactly exactly, so we are in for a great show today um we got an amazing guest who's going to just like talk about um how he you know, trains, inspires, you know, CEOs, leaders in the in the in the business world. We're gonna get a lot of education today from this young man.
1: Not not just that, but we, we got a, a guy that's uh, I mean I believe that really knows the the business strategy and the understanding leadership and all the things that are associated with leadership. And so I am so excited to have this guy on the show today. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to educate not just executive uh, leadership uh, companies uh, or Fortune 500, but he's going to go all the way down and give us some tidbits on the mums and pops. I mean, everything from, you know, starting a business, uh, what it takes uh, from a leadership perspective, all the way to uh, establishing a total professional company and leadership that is required.
2: Exactly. And um, this gentleman's name is Mr. Paul David Walker, and we are really excited to have him as a guest on the show today. Um, James, what do you think about this guest?
1: I I think that uh, Paul is absolutely fantastic, and I I believe that... uh, uh our listening audience is going to be in for a treat. And uh, I am just uh, excited that, uh, that he is here with us and that he's taking the time to uh, come on my show to uh, educate uh, our listening audience on uh, what is, what is uh, the importance of uh, unleashing the genius of leadership. And just like I said, everybody could think that they, is, they might be a leader. But there are certain things, and, and this guy is going to talk about the genius of leadership. And we all need to tap in on those things. But before we get started, hey, Chris, how are you doing today, my friend? Man, it's, uh, I, I've been looking for, forward to this moment for quite some time, man. I uh, uh, think about six weeks ago you was on the show. Yeah, and so, uh, hey, Chris, uh, welcome back, and uh, always looking forward to working with you. But, uh, you know, Michelle, I'm going to tell you, I I just got back from Atlanta yesterday, and I did uh, my show from the State Farm Arena uh, where at the Atlanta Hawks game the last, I mean, Thursday and Friday. And that was was a completely uh, wonderful experience because I had an opportunity to also hang out uh with uh my uh childhood buddies and uh that was just so extraordinary uh that uh I had that opportunity and also to get an opportunity to uh do uh, two shows from the uh, state farm arena it was just fantastic
2: I bet it was. Too bad the game didn't turn out the way you hoped it would, but the experience was great and the camaraderie with your friends, that was the most important. So. You know, sometimes
1: it, it doesn't turn out. The game doesn't turn out how, how we expect it to be, but uh, uh, but uh, just hanging out and just uh, doing those type of things. And I'll tell you, just getting back, I mean, after being gone, I did a couple of shows in studio, Chris, uh, in San Diego Studios and uh, – I'm just happy to be back in Texas. So listen, audience, if you want to be part of this conversation that we're going to have with this great guest tonight, that's one 344 1170 Again, that's one 344 1170 Michelle, can you uh, tell our uh, listening audience a little bit about uh, uh, the show tonight?
2: Yes. The title of the show is Unleashing the Genius of Leadership. And the purpose of the show today is to learn how Paul David Walker became a business leadership advisor, learn how Mr. Walker unlocks the genius within CEOs, to learn about the rewards and challenges working with CEOs, and to learn about Mr. Walker, the author and poet and how it relates to his business.
1: Can can you uh, introduce this great guest to our audience? We can at least get it started before we got the first break.
2: Exactly. Paul David Walker. Paul David Walker, founder and CEO of Genius Stone Partners, was part of building the first leadership firm to align strategy, structure, and culture, and has been a business leadership advisor to the CEOs of Fortune 500 and mid-sized companies for over 30 years. He is the author of Invent Your Future, Starting With Your Calling, Unleashing Genius, Leading Yourself, Teams, and Corporations, for other books. He has succeeded by unleashing the genius of the people around him and is known to be an inspiring, visionary leader and master of collaboration. He has consulted with the CEOs of New York Life, Foodland, Vons, Harrods, StarKiss Foods, Teradata, Chase, Union Pacific Railroad, Mutual of Omaha, and other companies. He specializes in coaching leaders to personal insight and development while leading the growth of their teams and businesses. He has been and is mentored by some of the most profound business leaders, philosophers, and spiritual leaders of our time. Paul will involve you and your team in an explorative dialogue that will expand your understanding of how to extend present reality into a successful future. Paul is a master storyteller using humor and insight to stimulate learning from the day to day experience of leading a business. He asks his clients to tell and analyze their greatest success stories to create a line of sight to their genius. Leadership teams, while laughing and deepening self-knowledge, bond together to win. Paul works with the CEO, founders, boards, and executive teams to accelerate the performance of their business, the growth of their leaders, and the health and well-being of their organizational culture. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. Paul David Walker.
1: Hey, how you doing, Paul? Welcome to the show. How you hey, doing, my good. friend? i doing great. man. Just so me okay? uh, I I can hear you. Chris, can you hear him okay?
0: I can hear him fine.
1: Hey, Paul, man, it's an absolute pleasure having you uh, on the show. Hey, Paul, you was born in England. I was. Uh, What brought you to the United States? My dad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, I was five when I came on the Queen Mary, which is right here in the harbor. And uh, he came to give me a chance to grow and break out of the class system that was dominant in England at the time. And uh, he wanted to break out of it, too. So he uh, sent for mom and I and uh, we stayed, <laughs> obviously.
1: OK, so hey, Paul, so where did you grow up and where did you reside? Where do you reside now?
3: Okay, so uh, I grew up in Michigan, in a little town called Clarkston, Michigan. Uh, We moved there because my dad was an engineer. He worked for General Motors. And I lived in Michigan during the boom (laughs) times when everything was going great. And uh, all the car companies were growing. Uh, I live now in uh, a part of Long Beach, which is called Belmont Shore, On on the peninsula, I've been here for 36 years, so actually longer than I lived in Michigan, where where I grew up. We we were farmers. We had an apple orchard, 500 trees, three acres of grapes, and 10 acres of vegetables and corn and all of that. So I learned about business at an early age. I was a chief. You can picture me with a cowboy hat on at the farmers market. (laughs) <laughs> selling oh, fruit to whoever walked by. So that's my first touch of business, and every day after the market, we'd count up the cash, and then we'd take the money we spent on spray material and all that and deduct it and say, okay, this is the profit we made today. So that's how I started in business as a young, young boy
1: wow you know so uh, uh you came from england and then grew up and uh, you started and uh you know when we get back we're gonna take a station break in a minute uh, less than a minute but uh when we get back we're gonna delve deep into why paul created genius stone partners it's your life and we'll be back shortly
0: i'm james Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi,
1: I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold.
4: available on amazon and everywhere books are sold
0: it's time to dream big think big and be big it's time for more it's your life here's your host james cooley
1: welcome back to it's your life i'm james cooley and i tell you uh we got a fantastic guest that's that that's uh here with us today his name is paul david walker and uh what Paul is talking about is unleashing the genius of leadership, and uh, if you anywhere in an organization, not you don't even have to own an organization, but being a part of it, or if you are owning a business, you need to understand there's certain things that are required in order, I believe, for you to be successful. So, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight eight eight. Three four four eleven seventy again. That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy.
2: Paul, why did you uh, why did you create Genius Stone Partners and tell us what services and resources your organization provides?
3: All right, so Genius Stone Partners came as a result of a selling the consulting firm that we built, <laughs> it started from scratch, and uh, we, we sold it. We we started there was five of us, and when we sold it, we had 132 consultants around the world, teaching leadership to CEOs of corporations, basically, and building teams around those leaders. So, uh, Genius Stone, uh, one of my marketing guys said, "You gotta have it's gotta be solid," and I said, "What do you mean solid?" He says, "You know, a stone or." building or rock or something like that. And I said, what about genius stone? Because that's the basis. I try to help people find their natural genius and apply it in their work. So I, I passed the test. It had a stone in it. So
2: <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> so wait, how did you invent your future and the future of your company?
3: How did I invent it? Um, Well, I started by uh, taking a job with this leadership consulting firm called St. Leadership. And I knew immediately when I met them that that's what I wanted to do. What I was doing before that, I worked for a couple of large conglomerates, going out to their plants and helping the plants run more efficiently, helping the leadership, you know, do a better job. And uh, that was fine. And I came to California and uh, had a nice engagement with a company here in California, and then they wanted me to move to Pittsburgh, (laughs) right? And I said, no, I'm in California now. I'm not moving to Pittsburgh for any reason at all. And uh, so I just happened to be at a conference and stood up and said my bit. And somebody who knew about this company said, you need to work with these people because you and they are aligned. As it happened, they were on a company trip down in Cabo San Lucas. And when I called them, they said, would you be willing to fly down to Cabo San Lucas and meet with the partners? It was only two at the time. And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And uh, so that's how I got started. And I I just realized that the key to our work was understanding the leaders, what I would call their natural genius, what they did well. And many leaders don't un- understand it. They either do it unconsciously or they don't do it at all. They're leading from some book they read. And and that's, a, even though I've written a lot of books, it's still a kiss of death if you're trying to be inauthentic and lead from a book. You've got to lead from your, who you really are and people will follow you if that person is attractive to them.
2: Exactly. So what influenced you to become a leadership consultant to CEOs? I mean, we, we all know what a CEO is, but why did you target them specifically?
3: Well, first of all, the company I joined targeted CEOs to begin with. That was their deal. And second of all, I'd been working – on behalf of the CEOs in these conglomerates to go out and fix their various divisions. And uh, because, you know, the CEO can either destroy a company or grow it. And you, they've got to get it right. Otherwise things are going to be a big problem going forward. Wow. So he sets the tone or he or she sets the tone for the whole company.
1: You you know what, Paul? So uh, uh, this is great, and uh, uh, Michelle and I did a whole lot of research and we found you fascinating. Uh, One one of the things that I want to know is what was your first project, I mean, that uh, got you so excited that you said, hey, this is what I'm going to do and uh, I'm going to uh, set out to make sure that um, I identify certain things to make sure uh, leadership is at the top of the list?
3: Well, uh, my first project was with a small company. They did a test drive with me, <laughs> of course. and <laughs> <laughs> it went very well. But the project that really set up my whole practice was when I was uh, introduced to the CEO of New York Life, and they were a life insurance company, about a $20 billion a year operation. And uh me and the CEO just hit it off. I was introduced to the CEO by the CEO of our company, the founder, Larry said, but, uh, the CEO of New York life was a deeply spiritual leader, deeply spiritual. And I'm deeply spiritual. And so, you know, we hit it off and he, his company was ranked seventh in terms of life insurance companies. And, um, by the time we finished working with them, they were number four and growing. So they were a country club. And they were competing with Metropolitan Life, who was a business And So I had to lose the country club deal and focus on, you know, building this business and this brand in the marketplace.
1: Wow. So... Uh... He said they was a a, a country club, and uh, oh
3: you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I could go into a senior vice president's office and talk about baseball for two hours, you know, and it's not a problem. But uh, after about four years of working with them I had a hard time getting on their schedule because they're busy doing actual business. Wow,
1: you know. So uh, uh, let's let's get off into uh, uh, some of the major and common problems you face dealing with uh, a lot of these CEOs. Uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit about that?
3: About what?
1: Uh, some of the problems, uh, that uh, common oh. problems you face dealing with CEOs.
3: Uh, yeah. Well, one I mentioned already, they've read a book and they've decided to read based on what they heard in the book. You know, uh, that's a pretty common problem. Uh, another one that I run into
0: of it is they
1: Okay, I, I definitely I, see a put on So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, Paul. Continue.
3: Alright. So, another problem is, I'm dealing with one right now. He, he's angry at one of his production line workers because he doesn't get it. Right? And I've had to explain to him that, you know, this guy is not a CEO. He hasn't been to college like you have. And You're expecting him to act like you. So that's that's a problem that a lot of CEOs don't understand, you know, why uh, they can't just step up to the plate and do what I tell them. And, of course, they need to be trained. They need to be coached and developed. Everybody's perfect. So
1: those are the two big ones. So uh you said they have to be trained and you, you have to handle them with care. I, I I believe that's what you were saying. You know so yeah. So uh, how you know, how, do, how do you work with uh, uh the CEO teams? I mean I'm talking about, I know you work with the CEOs uh but they have team members as well. Uh, I I'm, I'm sure that you have to uh, integrate with them to make sure that uh they understand the philosophy not just coming from the CEO, but coming from your teaching and your influence?
3: Yeah. Well, the first thing I do with them is have them explain to me what their business strategy is, what they're trying to accomplish as a leader, and what they're trying to accomplish as a company. Because coaching a leader, the purpose is to improve margins and profits and market share. And they're the leader, and they're going to influence what happens throughout the company. So that's the first thing I do. The second thing I do is have them tell me what they think they do best in terms of the way they lead. I write that down. And then the third thing I do is, okay, how about I interview your team and ask them three questions. What do they see as your strengths and challenges as a leader? What do they see as the team's strengths and challenges? And what do they see as the business's strengths and challenges in the marketplace? How about that? Most of them go, go ahead. (laughs) And so I generally write, draft an email for them to send to their uh, team and uh, tell them to put it in their own words. But uh, basically the email is, you can trust Paul. He'll he'll hold everything you say confidential. And it won't go anywhere. And that's the most important part. And when I start interviewing them one at a time, I repeat that. I'm not going to share what you said with the CEO or anyone else. I am going to aggregate your comments with everybody else's and make a report to the CEO and to you as a team after I presented it to him or her
1: you know you know what paul uh i think that uh what you just uh i'm a lean uh, six sigma black belt and uh yeah i think you know what that is uh yeah. when you start talking about that i mean you when you, uh i go in and, and and uh investigate a company find out what the problems are first thing you want to talk to is ceo but you also want to talk to his leadership team you know, so oh, yeah. we, you know we're going to take a station break all right we're going to come back and continue this great discussion with paul Dave walker it's your life i'm
0: james cooley there's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on it's your life with james cooley There is much truth in a journey that ain't over
1: yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination.
4: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley.
1: Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, we're talking about unleashing the genius of leadership. And uh, just like I mentioned uh, in the beginning, regardless whether you're CEO of a large company or whether you're uh, anything that has middle management, uh, executive management, C management, uh, regardless of what that is, there are certain type of leadership things that everyone should know. And uh, and uh, most companies, I mean, they should bring folks in like, like, like Paul to help uh, teach them how these things are going to be. And if you want to be part of the conversation, this is one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Now, Paul, now we left and we were talking about Lean Six Sigma. Uh the reason I brought that up uh, was because uh uh in Lean Six Sigma, in order for us to effectively identify uh problems with leadership, problem with the organization, problem with uh, profits and et cetera. Uh we always start off with the the CEO and uh, uh the, the people that are in charge. But it's important that when you're doing an evaluation that you talk to uh the managers, the uh uh the worker bees and sometimes even the janitors, just to get the climate of a company. Uh so uh can you talk about that a little bit?
3: Sure. Uh we Once I work with the CEO and his team, I work with them, his direct reports, and their teams, and interview them. And within a company like New York Life, they may have, I don't know, 5,000 employees, each of them. And uh, so then we get into doing the same process with them, interviewing key people, interviewing uh, their direct reports, uh, doing a culture assessment general cultural assessment of overall company so that we can get a sense of, you know, how people see it, how people feel about being in the company. Cause it's hard to interview, you know, 10,000 people. So we would send out uh, a, a form for them to fill in and it would be uh, introduced to them by the CEO and, and myself promising confidentiality and, being honest, because we can't solve a problem that we don't understand. And so we try to go at you know, the deepest levels to figure out what people want and what is getting in the way of that. I presently uh, work with the Long Beach Fire Department. They have 500 employees, and uh, one of the leadership phrases that we use is, Will they follow you into a volcano with a fire hose? <laughs> right. and of course, they know that they're not going to be following you to a volcano, but they are going to be fo- following them into houses that are on fire or into neighborhoods that are very dangerous, trying to save the life of somebody who was shot or stabbed and get them to the hospital safely. So it's important, particularly for firefighters and folks that people will follow them and they'll only follow them because they know who you are and they trust you
2: exactly exactly Paul you are a successful author tell us about your book
4: <laughs>
2: tell us about
4: Amazon oh. music. It's free for 30 days. And then Tell us, us about your
2: book, Unleashing Genius, Leading Yourself, Teams, and Corporations, and what this book is all about.
3: Okay. So that, that book is specifically focused around creating your own or discovering your own genius, your natural genius. Now, I'll give you an example. I'll give you mine. Okay. So it, it's not like you're a genius at playing with song. But when you follow your natural gifts, you have better leadership experience. For example, mine, uh, uh, first part of my natural genius is kindness. I'm a kind person. I've always been a kind person. Uh, Secondly, I have deep pattern recognition. So I'm able to see if A is happening, B is going to happen, C is going to happen, And it's just natural for me to be able to see that. And lastly is I inspire people to exceed their own expectations. Once I get to know them, I begin to inspire them to find their natural genius, which everyone's different. Everyone's different. No one's the same. They all have a different pattern. That's mine. Pretty good for a consultant, right? (laughs) Pattern recognition, empathy. And all of that. But, uh, that's the first step. And then we take that all the way down, you know, to the employee level. So what is your natural gifts? What do you bring to the table? And when I meet with employees in a sort of team building process, I have them re- understand each other's strengths and weaknesses. And it's a pretty simple process. I have them pair up and, uh, they will say what I appreciate about you is mm-hmm. and how you could be even more effective is. And generally, during the course of a retreat, they get feedback from maybe 10 people in that regard. So they have a real reality check, if you will, on who they are. And most of them are surprised by what people appreciate about them more than anything. <laughs> it's
1: interesting. So, so uh, I, I think you, you're saying it's kind of like uh, seminars and it's a uh, 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 team building and it's uh, being able to express uh, certain things that uh, the team might have not known prior to uh, uh, you bringing everybody together because a lot of organizations are are kind of like that. and They're missing the boat and they don't understand the climate. They don't understand the team. Uh, but uh, they sit back and worry about why they're not making profits and why the organization is not moving um, in the the direction that they have vision for. So, so can you talk a little bit more about that?
3: Um, yeah, what what happens is people are busy running their departments, if you will, their areas of responsibility, and they don't really get to know each other that well. Sure, sometimes they go on a boondoggle retreat as a team, right? But that's you know, that's just barbecuing and friendly stuff. But what they really need to know is, one, that no one's perfect. And the first person to say that in my sessions will be the CEO and me, right? We we both have strengths and weaknesses, and I will have the CEO share what him or her feels it's his strengths and weaknesses, and I do the same as a facilitator, as a leadership consultant, and uh, that opens up everybody. You say, okay, well, if they can share, if he can, and the CEO says, should I really share my weaknesses? And I go, <laughs> look, they already know what they are. You know what they are. They're going to be impressed. They're going to go, well, this guy, you know, he's not phony. He knows he's bad at that. And that begins the opening. That begins the opening of people being honest with each other and sharing honestly with one another. Now, we get to the business case once we have the internal issues resolved. Because if you want to do strategic planning and you've got tribal warfare going on in the company between your executives, it's not going to be very productive because they're all going to want to be right. So you've got to, if you don't have tribal warfare, everyone's playing as a team, then we go straight to strategy. But I've never seen that, frankly. We've got to get the team trusting each other, playing together, and then they can talk about the business strategy, and then they listen to each other instead of trying to compete with each other. And the worst thing is when the executive team is competing with one another, it's just a waste of time. They're all on the same team.
1: And you're absolutely right. Uh, it's uh, and, and a lot of times, uh, you know, being a leader myself, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a lot of times that uh, we as CEOs or as, uh, executive management or C managers, we fail to realize that and when we bring somebody in and i we don't want to admit that we could have possibly been wrong or have not been on the right track. And I, I, I'm sure that you run across, um, uh, some leaders, uh, that feel that way. And you as, uh, 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 getting them to understand, is it very difficult uh, when you see that and, and, and they don't want to, uh, embrace change immediately. Uh, how do you handle that?
3: Okay. So I'll give you one. I'll give you a story. So uh, I was working with a public company, and, you know, we're in the middle of the team building. And the CEO says, oh, I got an earnings call. I got to go talk to the market. And I said, okay, well, we'll just wait for you to come back. He said, no, just carry on. I said, we can't build a team without you here. You're (laughs) the leader of the team. I'm sorry. We can't carry on. We'll just take a break and, and restart when you come back. So he goes. Okay, so the team just attacks me. They're all getting ready to quit. They hate him. He's an ogre. And literally, they hated him. And they were getting ready to just throw the towel in. You know, this is a semiconductor firm, right? That engineer, These engineers are everything. If the engineers leave, you're done. You're, you're absolutely done. Anyway... So I intercepted him in the hallway before he came in. I went out there. i am got to wait for him. I'm going to, I'm going to tell him. I said, so you know what happened while you're gone? He says, no, oh, what happened? I said, open the rebellion. They hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're wanting to leave. They won't all leave at once, but they're looking right now. Because they refuse to put up with the bullshit. Hey Dave, hold hold that thought.
1: I want to come back. We gotta take a station break, right, but uh, uh, and I'm I'm sorry, my listeners, I'm laughing, but that's that's so true.
0: We're
1: gonna come back and, and continue to talk to Paul David Walker. And we're going to get a little bit more about uh, the CEO leaving a
0: a team building. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas.
4: available on amazon and everywhere books are sold
0: it's time to dream big think big and be big it's time for more it's your life here's your host james cooley welcome
1: back to it's your life i'm james cooley and i tell you uh, uh the last segment uh <laughs> you're talking to paul paul david walker and uh and, and i do understand exactly what he's talking about because uh a semiconductor an engineering company, whatever that is. Without your engineers, you have no company. And I'm an engineer myself, so I mean I understand exactly what he's saying. But uh, one of the things, the takeaways, I believe, and uh, we're gonna get back to David in a minute, is that uh, any time that you're doing a a team building, a leadership seminar, regardless of where you at on the food chain, I mean, whether you the CEO or whether you, that new guy coming in, everybody need to be present, and they need to understand the mission, the vision, and the focus of a company. Uh, and if you feel that you're so important, you're doing a team building, you walk out the door, I mean, everybody's going to want to walk out there with you because they're going to follow you. So, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy.
2: Paul, you are also a poet. How does yep. that help with coaching CEOs?
3: Well, I don't read poetry to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it helps deepen me uh, as I look at my life and as I look at the lives of other people. And so my poetry is pretty mystical, uh, pretty deep. And uh, I don't know who I'd compare myself to. Um, John O'Donohue maybe uh, would be the closest, is an Irish poet. But, yeah, poetry is about discovering how life works. Mm-hmm. Now, at least mine is. I know some poets are just whining and moaning about how horrible their life was and they hated their mother and all that rubbish. You won't find any of that in my writing, but it is about life. How how do you engage in life fully? And so that helps me, of course, you know, with my work with the CEOs and their teams, because, you know, I want them to be present. You mentioned, or James mentioned being present and, that is, the first thing we would do, we would do some introductory things in the, in the retreat. But the first section of any major consequence was called be here now, right? And we would take them through this process. So they understood that if they're not present when they're talking to their team, you know, they're going to know. If they're thinking about one thing and saying the other, they're going to know. You have got to be present to fulfill your dreams. Otherwise, you're going to miss everything. You're not going to be a good leader.
1: You are absolutely right. You have to be present, and you also have to, just like what you're saying, you have to be the example. If you want your organization to to go this way, you can't be going opposite and expect (laughs) your team's uh, to do something different to uh, make sure that you are profitable and make sure that the uh, organization is uh is uh, uh <laughs> going in the right direction but i think we got a caller on on the phone i mean so uh hey, caller are you there
5: yes I'm here uh thanks for taking my call. This is Chuck I have a message uh um i want it's just perfect timing you guys are talking about it paul um uh w- knowing uh In your book, Invent Your Future, you talk a lot about responding to the present reality, being present, and working or or paying attention to being being in flow and how to flow Mm -hmm. uh, with the organization, with the leadership, and you, the person, to be a part of that. Can you talk a little bit more about that so I can get a better understanding of that?
3: Yeah. Well, one of the analogies I use... um, You know, most leaders have played sports at one time in their life. And I bring up the topic of being in the zone. And what is that like? What is that like when you're in the zone? When you're standing at the plate, the ball's coming at you 95 to 100 miles an hour. Is there anything else important than being present and watching the ball approach? And the answer is no. Particularly if you're worrying about striking out like you did last time. <laughs> <laughs> so this notion of presence is not only important as a leader for people to follow you and see that you care about them, that you can't really listen to them, but it's also pretty important in terms of being a high performance organization. And how then the next step is you talk about basketball, one of my favorite sports, because it's so similar to leadership. Everybody has to be present. Everybody has to be connected with one another. Everyone has to know each other. So when I call that throw the ball over my shoulder, I know there's a guy there getting ready to dunk it. And if you don't know your team, well, it's gonna be problems, problems, problems. You gotta know who can carry the ball when they can carry the ball. And not only do you have to be in the zones, but the whole team has to be in the zone. If you're going to win a championship. I remember uh, reading uh, Russell, he was a basketball player. Uh, I forget his first
1: name. Bill. He said, Bill, Bill.
3: (laughs) Bill Russell. Right. Right. He said, he said, you know, when we get in the zone, we are just having fun. Now, They almost always win when they're in the zone. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is to be present and enjoy the game, enjoy each other. And uh, it is true. When the Boston Celtics were in the zone, there's nobody in in any team, for that matter, was on the Boston Celtics.
5: Well, you know, thinking, just just following up on that, just one more thought, is that many people coming from COVID-19, coming out into reality, trying to um, stay present to what they need to do and yet find their own flow and move forward in their life coming out of pandemic and quarantine, what recommendations or advice would you give to people to to follow that within themselves? Well,
3: good question. I would recommend that, one, they can get back together with their team, that they talk about what they went through during the COVID isolation. Uh, I did a team building on Zoom uh, during the COVID emergency, and and it worked out pretty well, but they didn't really know each other, and so I had them tell stories about their life. But you've got to really share your experience And it's a team experience. Everybody went through it. Everybody was isolated. So it's a great opportunity to talk about how you responded to that and how you're going to go forward from here. But, again, just be honest with each other. It's miserable being locked up in your house, particularly if you don't like your wife.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate those. I'll uh, listen to you guys the rest of the way out. Really doing a great job. Thank you. Uh,
1: Hey, thanks so much, Chuck. Uh, You know, hey, Paul, so uh, I like your analogy uh, about being present and being in the game and everything is great when everybody is in the mix and you use a basketball analogy, Uh, and it is. And I believe that uh, from a leadership perspective that the coach, and I I mean not you as the coach, I'm talking about – uh, the CEO, mm-hmm. which it might be the president, but he have to be in the game and he have to be willing to pass that ball, uh, yeah. uh to yeah. the right players and make sure he has the right team. But he must always set the right example, uh, at every stage of, of that, if you want to be successful. And, um, I do believe that, um, I mean, I, I can just go by what I I I feel and how I felt as being a leader. I always try to understand that you never know who's watching you. I mean, in the organization and outside the organization. Uh, and um, not just that, but you got to have a great heart and you have to have, a, you have to have vision, understanding, and focus. So my question to you is, uh, Wow, just uh, reading your bios, all the things that, uh, that you've been doing as a coach, as a team builder, as all of this. What is the key to your success in your professional career?
3: Hmm. Well, uh, I think one of the keys is um, I understand that nobody's perfect, and I don't pretend to be, and I don't pretend to expect, the CEO and everybody around them to be perfect. I expect them to understand their own strengths and weaknesses. I expect them to play to their strengths. And I expect them to know what their team member's strengths are so we can have them play to their strengths. But I think my success is just about being honest. You know, like you, I'm a country boy, city boy. I (laughs) grew up on a farm. I lived in New York City. I lived in London. I lived in Boston. And, uh, you know, (laughs) if if you don't order the crops,
1: they don't grow. You're absolutely right. You know, it's been an absolute pleasure, David. We we, we are just out of time right now. I got to have you back on because I want to continue this conversation. Uh, I'd, I'd like to thank David. Uh, I'm Paul David Walker. I'd like to thank uh, Michelle. I'd I'd like to thank uh, Chris. I'd like to thank my listening audience. Uh, And uh, we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time, same place. It's your life. Thanks for
0: joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do.